Hello, my wonderful friend. <laughs> Hello, my darling angel. <laughs> I am Mia. And I am Sylvia. And we are the Specs. Welcome to Double Feature. Our two films for today are... Click and uh-huh. White Boy Rick. And usually what we do when we have one relatively normal movie and one movie that is just completely un- unhinged is we like to start with the normal movie and just sort of discuss it quickly and get it out of the way so that we can then sort of end on talking at length about the crazy movie. But Sylvia, we have to talk about Click. (laughs) I've been dying to talk about Click with you. Okay, I remember watching as a child far too young to watch it. Yes, you've seen it, I have never. And I had two like very vivid memories of it like mm-hmm. for no good reason like it's not like we watched it multiple times like I definitely watched it once and I was like six years old and I was like this these two scenes I'll carry with me when it came out it was life. 2006 oh my gosh uh <laughs> you were it's like her <laughs> I guess so but um I remember like the part in the beginning where he's at Bed Bath and Beyond and I remember the very very end no the the scene where he's anyway but yeah We'll get there. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, oh my god. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> usually our double features, our double features have gone generally the way I kind of expect. I try to go into a movie without any expectations, but, like, even though we saw The Shape of Water again, like, I wasn't expecting to, like, magically love it this time, and I didn't. Um, this might be the first double feature that, like, I'm legitimately shocked at where my opinions ended up. Oh! <laughs> so, let's talk about oh Click! The 2006 uh, movie, uh, Adam Sandler Vehicle, oh my Happy Madison Production Company, which, if you don't know, is Adam Sandler's production company where he makes all of his moronic comedies and he casts all of his friends and uh, there's a whole conspiracy that it's actually just sort of like a convoluted money laundering scheme. (laughs) But, uh... uh, uh, (laughs) I miss punch drunk love Adam Sandler. Bring him! Yes. (laughs) So uh, uh, it's funny that we're talking about Click now because... Only recently did um, Uncut Gems come out, and everybody was jerking themselves off about, like, oh my god, Adam Sandler's, like, a good actor. But, like, if you've been paying attention to cinema, then you know that, like, every once in a while he'll take a good project where he is well utilized, and he is not the production company producing it, and he can be a good... I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't... Oh my gosh, I don't think so either. Punch Drunk Love is top, I think, like, top five favorite movies. Love that movie. I have to see it. We'll, we'll watch it. We should watch it together. Okay. I just wish this man didn't, <laughs> didn't throw himself, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's capable yeah. of so much more, and this just I makes know, me and it's sad. Hard, it's hard to know, like, clearly, I don't think he just does the Happy Madison movies to, like, pad his own pockets. I think at least it started from a genuine, like, love of comedy. Like, if you've ever heard any of his music, like, he writes, like, comedy songs. I think generally, like, he has a talent for that. 
But where it is now is just like a soulless, horrible cash monster because there will always be enough like passive fans who are looking for like a toothless, dumb comedy that is not going to challenge them in any way. (laughs) Huh? And like my dad. Now they're just like (laughs) excuses for him and his friends to go on vacation. They're like, yeah, we'll film a few scenes. (laughs) Yes, this is of the... Bedtime Stories, uh, Waterboy. I think this is actually directed by the guy that did that fucking... um, Happy... uh, Jack and Jill ilk. Right. Um, It is of that era, that same level of comedy, and uh, here we go, 2006 Adam Sandler wearing giant baggy clothing (laughs) like he does. (laughs) Actually, that's the one commonality this has uh, with Uncut Gems is that he's wearing <laughs> ill-fitting clothing the entire time. Okay, so Adam Sandler, his name's Michael, is it? Michael Newman. Yeah, he... <laughs> I took extensive notes. See, whereas you <laughs> took extensive notes, I was so overwhelmed, I like, didn't even know what to write down. I had to pause it in the middle. I, I had to pause it, I think it was an hour and 15 minutes in. I had to pause it, and genuinely, like, I went for a walk. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I had to pause it several times, usually just, like, in disbelief at what I was watching. Um, But also, I laughed once. We'll talk about the one place I laughed. And I had to pause it after that because I was like, oh my god, I just laughed at an Adam Sandler movie. Okay, so... (laughs) So, Michael is an architect, and he's kind of, he's mm-hmm. like a regular middle class family guy. He's got a wife and two kids, and his, an absurdly attractive wife, a, which Adam Sandler loves to do in his movies. Yes, <laughs> at least they make a point in this one to say several times that she's way out adversely. <laughs> um, so and his uh boss like his the company that he works for doesn't appreciate him enough and he's not mm-hmm. getting enough money and he wants to get a promotion and he's constantly overworked he can't make time for his family right 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 so like this these opening scenes are just him being like kind of a mess and he's like annoyed and cranky and he has like a lot of work to do and leave me alone because i have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. he builds okay listen i actually i have known people who are i know people who are studying architecture and I have seen their models. Mm-hmm. Listen, maybe we've come a long way. I mean, it's been, what, 14 years since 2006? Which is very alarming very to say alarming. <laughs> um, But his models look like he makes them with fucking Lincoln logs and popsicle sticks. <laughs> they look so bad and low effort for, like, a giant highbrow firm, like, top-of-the-nation architecture firm. Like, they yeah. look so, they look like a child made Just, like, balsa wood, and he, like, doesn't have, like, a yeah. saw for it, so he's just cutting it with scissors. Um, so yeah, and he loses the TV remote. He can't find it. Yeah, he doesn't know how to work the remote. And this is the part that's, like, horribly vivid in my brain, is when he goes to Bed Bath & Beyond. I, fr- I think uh-huh. it's vivid in everybody's brain that, like, grew up watching it for some reason. I don't know why, it just, like, feels <laughs> iconic. Like, I mentioned to my friend, I was like, yeah, I'm watching Click, and she goes, Bed Bath & Beyond. And I was like, yeah. Really? <laughs> Weird. Um, so... <laughs> he goes to Bed Bath and Beyond, and he's walking down the aisles, and he goes Bed, 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 Bath, 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 and he he's looking for a universal remote. Right, to simplify his 
life. Exactly, exactly. And so he sees a bed and he jumps on it and he like lies down and he being Adam Sandler and he rolls over and he sees a door that says beyond. Uh <laughs> so And I have to say, uh before we go any further, bed, bath and beyond probably product placement or in some yeah, sense, like but integration. I also have to say I think it kind of works because Bed Bath and Beyond as a store is a very liminal space. Yes, <laughs> it is yes. a strange place where strange things do and can happen. Absolutely. It's it's a, not quite of this plane. It's n- Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. There's something about like the entirely white everything and just and the it's weird so way it's high. organized. It's so high. It's just like a U and yet it feels like you're going in circles and walk but at the same for time walking miles. in a straight line for eternity. Weird. And you place. either go there for fifteen minutes and it feels like you spent the day there, or you spend the day there and you come out and you're like, I could have sworn it was fifteen minutes. Yeah, fucking okay. anyway. <laughs> So he goes to the door that says Beyond, and, um, what's that actor's name? Christopher Walken. Right, Christopher Walken is there. Doing his Mr. Megorium impression. Right, right, right. I'm glad you said that, because <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. And he introduces himself as Morty, and he's like, oh, like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it, I have the perfect remote for you, just let me bring you... He's like, sort of, like a lone inventor in, like, a big workshop. And so I guess Adam Sandler is like, oh, this is, like, the back or whatever. Like, whenever fucking customers always ask us retail workers, oh, can you check the back? It's just I guess he is thinking this is what the back is like, when in reality it's just, like, a shitty storeroom with nothing in it, by the way. <laughs> nothing. Just cardboard. Um, and so, uh, so he brings him to the back, and... Is this okay? Because I, as much as I was thinking, Mister Megorium, I w- is this supposed to be some weird reference to like Rick and Morty? Because isn't that bro Morty? Doesn't he have? Isn't he like Rick and Morty person? came out like ten years after this? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rick and Morty exists, and Morty is the child. In that one. Okay, never mind. Rick and Morty exists in such a weird place in my brain where I've never been able to understand where it, like, lives. Like, what time period it's in and, like, who, now, what the demographic right is. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of like <laughs> The Simpsons, but also kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I think it's only been going on for, like, maybe four years. Yeah. Three or four years. I and it's no still idea. currently producing new episodes. Absolutely. Don't worry about me. Anyway. Swat <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, am I unveiling some kind of weird like, rest? Anyway. <laughs> so he gives him this remote. And it's this funky little like, futuristic looking blue remote. I'm not gonna say it looks like a sex toy, but I'm <laughs> just gonna put that in your head in case you need to visualize it and you haven't seen the movie. It kind kind of looks like um uh in like Nickelodeon shows instead of having like an iPhone they had pair phones it kind of looks like that <laughs> <laughs> um so and it's this universal remote and he's all Morty is very like sp- spooky and 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 weird about it like he's not at first he doesn't really tell him what's going on and then it turns out that this remote can like bend the fabric of time and space mm-hmm. uh so if he wanted to, Michael could pause and, like, everything would stop. Or he could fast forward mm-hmm. or go back and he can mute things and play TV while other people are talking. Mm-hmm. And he's very excited about this. Yes. Um, 
So, <laughs> this is the first moment the movie doesn't start getting really, really weird until I would say the halfway point. We're still firmly in the first 25 minutes of the movie now. And so far, the only jokes have been like, Michael's secretary, played by Rachel Dratch, is ugly. And I feel so bad for Rachel Dratch because, like, mm. for some reason, whenever they need, like, a fucking ghoul, they always go to her. <laughs> and she's not, like, a hideously ugly woman. I think she's also just, like, hilarious. She's a good actress. And I feel so bad that, like, she's essentially typecast as, like, ugly weirdo. And all of, like, the women in the office. I mean, it's very much like... yes. Like, it's very much, like, Slavic uncle humor. Like, my... <laughs> like, Borat would eat this movie's ass. Like, he, I, you know what I mean? It's just so annoying and early 2000s and, like, hypersexualized and weird. It is uncle humor. It is... It's just uncle humor. <laughs> like, slightly sexually inappropriate, like, very passively misogynist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the jokes are like, she's ugly and weird. Michael can't pronounce a Saudi prince's name. Uh, the swim coach is wearing a Speedo. Oh my gosh. The, the Oh my god, fat women are so gross, right? There's so much weird fat hate in this movie. Big like, time. it's kind of excessive. Um, oh, and the, the dog humps everything. Oh, he, my, oh, and this is actually where I get to the first thing of surrealism. Then another joke. Oh my god, Michael has a small (laughs) pee-pee. And the reason we know this is because Michael witnesses himself being born. And by that I mean him and Christopher Walken are standing miniaturized inside of his mother's vagina. Not, I'm not kidding. Like, straight up, this is in the movie. This is around 30 minutes in. Uh, and literally, he witnesses himself pass through the birth canal and then watch the doctors be like, it's a girl. Oh, wait, no, it's a little tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny penis. Oh, my gosh, it's so small. Like, oh, my God, it was so uncomfortable and weird. (laughs) And that was the first moment where... I really saw that this movie had no breaks. Like, it has no upper limit of, like, just weirdness. This is sort of like, you can kind of brush it off as, like, uh, it's small penis joke, haha, <laughs> it's Adam Sandler. But, like, truly, like, the fact that they had to show that, like, a doctor literally peeking Pee- into the <laughs> vagina is just, like, I mean, in my notes I just wrote, holy fuck. It, they didn't need yeah. to, they didn't need to do that. They simply oh. did not need to do that. Oh my god. Uh, and it just, and it confounds me because it's not even just moving backwards and forwards in time. It's like now you're no. suddenly like, oh, did you shrink down? Did you, but like they're also just, they were just like in a black abyss. And then like the Yeah, they're, opened. I guess when he experiences his past, he's invisible, yeah. I guess. But it doesn't make sense that he would be shrunken down. I, or I guess... If you said he was where the baby was, he would have to shrink down to witness that perspective? But, like, he did, but he doesn't, he doesn't witness any of the other memories from his own perspective. He witnesses them. That's true. He's just an, yeah, he's just an onlooker. Um, Except for that, which is so so unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) We have the remote. Um, He can, like, 
Sylvia said, pause, play, mute, fast forward, rewind. There's even a commentary section where James Earl Jones voices over parts of his life. Um, For now, I have to mention the first and only time I laughed in this comedy movie. Um, Michael's secretary, one thing is that she's constantly asking if she can go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's constantly being like, you don't have to ask, just go. Because she's like, oh, weirdo, and she's so ugly, whatever. Um, so at one point she bursts into a meeting and she apologizes for interrupting and she says it's urgent and she hands him a note, but it just says, can I go to the bathroom? And I guess it was just unexpected because I really did burst out laughing and I think it was good. That feels like something our friend Sophie would do. Yes, very much so. So even now that he has the remote, Michael's just a douchebag. I mean, yeah. he doesn't help at all with the cooking, cleaning, taking care of his two children. Uh, he barely speaks to them. <laughs> he says he wants time for his family. That's sort of like he's doing all this work so that he'll be able to make money. And then he'll be able to hire a bunch of schlubs like him to do all the work so he can spend time with his family. But anytime he actually has the opportunity to spend time with his family, he totally ignores them. And now that he has the remote, he can actually literally skip interactions with them Mm -hmm. and we learn that when you fast forward an interaction you are on autopilot so everyone experiences the time that you skipped over your body still experiences that time but your mind is what skips essentially i mean you still have like cognitive function but kind of you're the worst most base version of yourself which is like insane. that is existentially terrifying. That's like insane. the repercussions of this remote are genuinely really frightening. Cause he he he's just he's not even. How can like he go on for like a year and not have like how was his family? I mean, I guess his family does kind of fall apart. But like, how is it not sooner where they're like, are you? Like, do you need to go to, like, a, a, yeah. a medical professional? Are you all right? What's going They're, on? I know. They're kind of selective about it, but what I took it to mean was that, like, the first time he says autopilot, like, basically Adam Sandler looks like he's lost, like, all cognitive function. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... <laughs> but then later, when they return to it, he's just sort of dickish and peevish and always in a bad mood. Like, so what I sort of took it to mean was that... Human? Yeah, it's sort of like whatever his baseline was without any of his better nature or like higher reasoning or ability Can you say to lock and hobs. <laughs> What'd you say? Lock and hobs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrifying. The idea of this remote and the fact that everyone else is essentially it's all Adam Sandler's world and we're just living <laughs> in it. He could have just paused for a century right there and we wouldn't even have known it. And some things he skips are really stupid and dumb. Uh, He literally skips having sex with his absurdly beautiful wife. Um, He skips having dinner with his family. And he's sitting in traffic and Terry Crews pulls up next to him, (laughs) singing along to the radio, and he mutes it. And I was just like, why on earth would you you do that? That That was delightful. (laughs) Also, the remote is like all-powerful so you can change the screen settings which oh it changes 
Oh my god. Changes so Michael's skin color. Oh and god. when he's in the car fooling around with the color slider, oh my god. turning himself blue and green and yellow, it was so unfunny. I could actually feel the laughs crawling backwards down my throat. Oh my god. And it wasn't even just like, ooh, fun technicolor. It was like bad joke for every single. Yeah. Oh, I'm green Hulk smash. Oh, I'm blue. What a smurf. Oh my. I actually. I f- that made me upset. Yeah, <laughs> I, truly. I, like, I, I was. I, that really put me in a bad place. <laughs> it really gave me the blues. <laughs> I think there are a lot more. There are many worse jokes in this movie. But for some reason, that short scene just like kills all hilarity i guess because adam sandler is so into it but he's so (laughs) bad at it it. he's so not funny um and it's just weird to see him turn purple (laughs) i guess so then we delve into the segment of the movie that's essentially just michael uh using the remote for various things he's at a sexual harassment seminar and he accidentally turns like the audio to spanish which i actually appreciated that because it captured (laughs) the weirdness of spanish dubs pretty well um whenever you have a spanish dubbed movie there's always one guy with an absurdly low voice and one guy with an absurdly high voice (laughs) just to differentiate the pitches i think and I, I, I like that. All international least. dubbing is just super weird because it's the same thing. It is. When I had to watch the Lorax in Polish, even like. <laughs> Wait, what's it called in Polish? What? What's it called in Polish? Oh, no clue. It was not. Oh. Um, I was not watching it of my volition. I did not Dem- get the CD. <laughs> but, oh, and I, uh, I watched Home Alone in Polish and everybody's voice was just dubbed over with the same deep voice like they didn't change it for like the women like nothing (laughs) kevin (laughs) kevin that's actually really funny um also during the sexual harassment seminar at his work the boss says what's hilarious to some could be offensive to others and i was just like whatever writer put that line in the fucking script like is either being incredibly self-aware or incredibly non-self-aware because there's some very, like, offensive uh, humor today Ooh. in this. And I have to say, not to excuse it, because even then this would have been seen as lowbrow. <laughs> this is not high comedy. But the discourse around comedy and social justice in general has very much changed since 2008. Mm-hmm. So at least we can at least throw Adam Sandler a little bit of a bone. But the fact that he's still making these jokes today, he gets no Ooh. credit from me. <laughs> And in trying to fast forward a month to uh, get a promotion, Mm -hmm. to do all this drudge work to get a promotion, he accidentally skips a year. He says, because instead of saying, take me to the next month, he says, take me to when I get promoted, which is totally on him. Has he never read a fucking, like, fable? (laughs) What happens in the year? I don't even remember. This is where the movie really starts to... It starts to um, (laughs) unravel a little bit. Yeah. His... I mean, people... Like, his family just grows up a little bit. Yeah. And his wife is getting a little bit more annoyed with him. Basically. Reasonably so. If she's on... Yes. I mean, he does nothing. (laughs) For a whole year. Um, 
what else? I don't really, what else could have changed? Not much. I don't think there was that much, but it's basically the horror of, oh my god, I skipped a year. And then Michael goes to have sex with his beautiful wife, and it skips automatically. And Morty, who is kind of like a weird guide who shows up whenever uh, Michael needs him to, says it's because you skipped a whole year's worth of sex. So the remote is learning based on your behavior what you fast forward and it's making those decisions based on what it predicts you would do. Mm-hmm. So this is another just absolutely existentially terrifying situation where Michael is trying to avoid anything which might trigger an auto skip. So he doesn't want to say like I think I'm getting sick because then it might skip, you know, who right. knows. Or he doesn't want to kiss his wife because that might lead to them having sex and that might skip another time. He doesn't want to get dressed because he skipped, you know, taking a shower, getting dressed and all that. So he goes to work in his pajamas because he's terrified of any more moments that he might lose, not of his own volition. Which is, like, genuinely, like, fucking horror story material. So what happens then? Uh, Basically, Michael is moving up through the ranks of his job like supervisor or whatever i don't know i don't remember his boss's position but he's like basically second in command and gets the promotion whatever and uh his boss says hey keep this up and one day you might be ceo and michael says i'd love to be ceo and the remote goes beep, 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 and it fast forwards him to when he's ceo of the company which turns out to be 10 years and gasp Horror of horrors. <laughs> What's the reveal? Oh, right. He's gotten fat. <laughs> oh, no. It's like the most terrifying, greatest fear of his. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Because he's, like, eating Twinkies or something. And his son is also fat. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And he thinks his daughter is promiscuous, even though she's just (gasps) dressing like a person. (laughs) Oh, my My God. God. But his wife, has moved on, and now she has a new husband. Mm -hmm. Who is um, Samwise from Lord of the Rings. Uh, Sean Astin is the actor. And I love him anytime he pops up in yes, any series. Because he, he'll always just pop up. Like, that's the way, that's the best way to say it. Yeah. He's kind of just there, and he's always just, like, a lovely man. Like, he can't yes. not play a lovely man with that sweet little face. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so he might actually, the actor might be an asshole, but I think maybe just because he's typecast, <laughs> he is the opposite of Rachel Dratch, and that he's typecast <laughs> as, like, just a lovely guy. <laughs> a lovely, normal guy. Uh, he's, like, normal Spongebob when he, like, gets all rounded up and, like, he's got a little cheeks. <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> and, honestly, this is a good future for Michael's wife, because she yeah. actually found someone who, like, uh, helps her. take care of the children and like supports and loves her and isn't just like a shithead all the time. So I felt happy for her at this point, but Michael freaks out and accidentally skips. Um, did I write down how long it was? Six years? No. Um, he skips a long time again, accidentally. My. Some of my yes. favorite things in the time skips is to notice all of their weird ways of like showing the future 
just their like, hairstyles yeah and their stuff. hairstyles like the clothes like very very subtle things that like you don't you're not like supposed to really pay attention to like that was for some reason that was one thing that just really made me like oh like <laughs> like if everything else yeah someone put some thought into this somebody at least. like really thought about that and I, I don't know that was cute so he skips having cancer because he skipped all of those times he that was he was sick and so after this he is not fat i guess i, I don't remember he, he gets like and or something yeah. and then he has a flab of skin and he keeps slapping around uh-huh um his wife is still remarried and this is the moment of the movie where i had to get up and take a walk Michael discovers he missed his father's death. Right. In one of the time skips. And he can't go back and relive it because he wasn't there when his father died. Um, He physically wasn't there. And he says, well, can I go back to the last time I saw him? And uh, the remote takes him there. And Michael was not he was on autopilot so he was basically his worst self Mm -hmm. he wasn't thinking rationally he wasn't being compassionate or empathetic and he is essentially just a total dick to his dad placing work over family again and the last thing his father says to him is i love you son Mm. and adam sandler current adam sandler rewinds over and over again to hear him say that and i was just like holy shit that was fucking intense like and he watches it it's almost like his father makes eye contact with him for like a split second even though there's no way his father could have known that like the ghost of his future past son <laughs> is there and that was the moment that i was like this movie is gonna go in a really fucking weird direction because up until then, the main driving force for the skips was, one, the theme of the movie, which is pretty obvious, like, family comes first, and he keeps putting work over family, obviously. And then two, for the jokes, oh my god, he's fat now, mm-hmm. But this was the first time that, like, holy shit, like, he missed a major life event, he feels horribly guilty about it, and, like, you can literally see that on his face. I had to, like, sit down and process that I was like, what the fuck is the movie click? What the fuck is happening? Because I thought it was all going to be, like, the first half of the movie. Dumb jokes. Essentially exactly what you would think the trailer would show. You know, like, he sees, like, a jogger jogging and she has big titties so he goes slow-mo. Like, just all that sort of joke shit. But it goes in a in a totally different direction. I think maybe just because six-year-old Sylvia had, like, one of the ending scenes, like, just uh, lasered into her brain, like, I almost felt like it didn't shock me that much. Like, I felt like I was like, I I understand that this movie will have, like, heft. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I guess I was And I totally did not, because I went in thinking, the the first half of the movie primes you to think... I mean, it's all these fucking stupid jokes of Michael essentially, like, harassing a child and fucking his dog is humping everything and just stupid lowbrow humor and what would you do if you had this remote? Oh my god, I would would look at titties, I would mute my annoying wife, all this stuff. But it quickly goes much further into emotional 
horror <laughs> than it has any it's right to. It's a psychological to. thriller? <laughs> <laughs> psychological horror, honestly. It's at this point that Morty reveals himself to be the angel of death. Oh my god, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Sh- shut up. What is the... You can't do that. You can do future and weird and time and space and whatever. This is really mixing your metaphors. This is really mixing metaphors. This is mixing, uh, like, genres. I just... No, I can handle the weird back to future kind of nonsense, but add an angel in there... I'm not, I'm not buying it. Yeah, so, um, he reveals he's the angel of death, and nothing really comes of that revelation. Now you just know who he is, I guess. They just felt the need to say it. Because, uh, just, uh, just dumb. Because I guess now we're going to see more death because he's getting older. So they're like, maybe Yeah, I guess so. Maybe this is a good idea. <laughs> and, uh, fast forward again. To his son's wedding. Right. In, like, this is, like, um, 2028 or something. I don't know what year we're in now. I love some of the weird attire. Instead of a veil, there's, like, a stroller kind of. It's like a hood, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, whatever, like, you have on, like, an old-fashioned pram kind of thing where, like, you pull Uh it over. That's that. So weird. It's essentially like the song Cat's Cradle, but spiraling endlessly into despair. (laughs) In that Michael realizes his son is growing up to be just like him. And that he is going to, like, he has um, postponed his honeymoon in order to, like, do a big business deal. And this is the ultimate horror because, you know, your parents do all of this work and drudgery so that you can have a better life not essentially live the same exact life as them and make the same mistakes they did exactly so they're at the wedding and Mm. um him and his ex-wife's song comes on so they're dancing cool whatever and then Mm. um the hobbit comes and he starts dancing (laughs) with uh the daughter and the daughter Uh calls him dad and Because he was more of a father to her. Hello, he was, you know, yeah. Crackful Dad was on autopilot for years. So, uh, Adam Sandler freaks out and he has a heart attack. So, he ends up in the hospital yes. and there's, like, a whole, all this mayhem. Horrible futuristic oh hospital. God, with, like, weird sliding doors and <laughs> just dumb. Um, so, that's when, that's when uh, his son tells him that he uh, canceled their honeymoon. It has nothing to do with, like, the dad being sick, but he has to, um, like you said, do a business deal. So everybody leaves his hospital room and... <laughs> everybody leaves his hospital And he gets up out of his bed, out of his hospital bed, like, <laughs> rips out IVs, I don't know. And he ch- also, what, one second, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I just have to say, the old age makeup in this movie is not bad. Not bad. You're not wrong. It's pretty good. Okay, continue. And so he runs <laughs> out of the hospital. He breaks out of the hospital. And it's pouring rain. He starts crawling rain. in the it's rain. It's pouring rain. It's pitch dark outside. The His son and, like, daughter are, like, they're going to their car. And he starts crawling because he can't walk. 
And then he falls over and they finally hear him and he's lying in the rain on a, in a parking lot on like the asphalt, storming rain, dark outside, it's emotional. Oh my gosh, so much is going on. That is the scene that I remember as a six-year-old. It was Bed Bath & Beyond and this. And can you imagine not having that scene as a benchmark in your mind? I went into this movie completely <laughs> blind. I was fucking hit like a truck by this. He's like, family comes first. As his family is like essentially better off without him. Like, and he's watching his son become himself. And he's lost years of his life to his own like ultimately selfish decisions. Oh my God, it's oh. horrifying. And then he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> but. <laughs> What's the twist? Um, I kind of don't remember the. Sylvia! Because I don't. I remember he dies, and then I remember he's not dead, and it has to do with Morty. I also just watched this the other day. <laughs> you, wa- literally you literally watched, watched this yesterday. yesterday. What, ha- what is the. What he the- was dreaming! Oh my god! Yeah, or at yeah. the very least, it's ambiguous oh whether he I'm... was dreaming the whole time or right. whether Morty took him back. back to the moment when he fell asleep oh my on the Bed Bath and I Beyond bed. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fell asleep on the Bed Bath and Beyond bed, and uh, and he sees like an employee at Bed Bath and Beyond. And is like, oh, I love you, and now he suddenly has this whole vigor for life, and he's all excited and he's yelling and he goes home. And he's like, wow, I'm a f- I love family, and I'm gonna wake them all up, and I love my family. Michael Newman is a new man. <laughs> Da 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 Hey! Wow, wow. <laughs> um, and that's click. And then, well, the very last scene. Oh, right, 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 okay. He um, finds the remote on the counter with a note from Morty right. and says, like, I know you'll do the right thing this time. And he throws it away. God bless. And that's click. And, um... Was nobody going to tell me that this movie was kind of good? I wasn't. <laughs> I don't agree. I've always heard of Click. Click and Jack and Jill. But I think Jack and Jill is like legitimately horrible like and has no redeeming qualities. I actually think, okay, the the thesis for today's episode, for me at least, is that I prefer a movie that is at least memorably unhinged to one that is safe and um, boring. And Click is not a good movie. The jokes are still horrible. They continue to make very bad, unfunny jokes throughout this whole runtime. It is very immature and and terrible. Um, Adam Sandler is not... He has some good acting moments, but mostly it's just boring the writing sucks and it's mostly terrible but there are these weird there are just these decisions that like no sane comedy writer would have put that in like if you were writing a safe basic adam sandler comedy like why the fuck would you have it end with him like first of all gaining a hundred pounds gaining like 200 pounds and then losing it and then becoming fucking like 
having cirrhosis of the liver or whatever the fuck he has and then like going through extensive surgeries and then reconnecting with his ex-wife to have a very nice wedding scene which is like genuinely heartfelt and then have him die in the rain on the pyre of his own (laughs) failure what the fuck okay i i completely understand and appreciate and like i i because okay i feel like we both have like a soft spot for just like a complete absurdity in like certain Mm -hmm. things that like just makes it all kind of worth it so i do a thousand percent appreciate the nonsensical like who was making this why and how why is it so weird kind of way i appreciate that i get that i do love that part when he's in the rain i'm not gonna lie i love that and love when he dies um but I will never watch this movie again. Like it will never oh, be. Oh no, worth neither will it. I. It'll ne- like it'll never. I can I can't say that it's a good like that. As much as I enjoy all that silliness, it won't make it a good movie for me. No, and it's I have to say I am struggling to find the words to describe how I feel about it because I I agree with you that it's not a good movie. I think objectively it's a bad movie, but I think. I would say that I admire it. Mm. Like, it's a bad movie, but it does these weird things and is so committed to, I guess, its conception of the world that I have to admire it. Listen, I I get it. I I really, really do get it. I do. I get it. For some reason, I can't join you, but I'm close. I'm, like, next door. I'm, like, I, I see okay. you, and I, and I like your garden, and it's, like, really nice, and I see you out there Good. watering your plants, but uh, I won't be joining you on your porch. That's fine, because, honestly, the fact that I could get there at all <laughs> is shocking to me. Like, this was not the movie I went in expecting to, like, genuinely ponder existential themes and think about my own, like, relationship to my father and consider Adam Sandler's, like, acting ability. Uh, But it fucking was. And sometimes movies just are that for you. Sometimes the weirdest, worst movie can just be that for you. And I guess because I went into Click Blind, (laughs) or at least expecting something completely different, Click was an experience and a half and uh, listen if nothing else i will never watch it again but i'm glad i had the experience <laughs> so uh gonna take a short break and in this break i am going to melt some beeswax for my homemade candle and i'm going to polish my rock collection wonderful upon a time uh there was a boy named white boy rick and he is the star of this biographical picture directed by i'm so sorry in advance jan (laughs) 
Jan Demange. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce his name. I've never seen it. Jan Demange. <laughs> don't that keep saying right. <laughs> What'd you say? Don't keep saying it. <laughs> I feel like I might get it right. Uh, it was directed by Jan Demange in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. I feel like unlike Click uh, right. Very different and some other movies we watch where we have to sort of run through the actual plot to get to all of our reactions to all of its beats, mm-hmm. maybe you disagree with me, but I feel like we don't have to s- go through this whole story because it's kind of, if you just, I mean, just watch the movie, really. <laughs> we, we don't really have a reaction. I don't at least have a reaction to everything that happens like I didn't click where every twist and turn like I I legitimately had like a fucking palpitation essentially it is the story of the based on a true story Mm -hmm. uh dysfunctional family uh the daughter is a drug addict the mother walked out on them the father played by Matthew McConaughey is a uh gun seller questionably legal and the son, Rick, is uh, falling in with a, a, I guess, a gang? Yeah. Because he also... I'm it's Detroit, by the way. Detroit in 1984. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he's 14 or 15. And yes. he just decides. I guess he, like, didn't talk to his dad about it. He just deci- Which is, like, weird because wouldn't he notice if, like, his guns were missing? He decides to sell uh, to this gang... Mm-hmm. And so he does, and they kind of, like, adopt him as, like, their buddy. Um, yeah. And they're all pretty young as well. Yeah. There's a scene where they're all uh, shooting rats with their guns that very much gave me City of God energy. Yes, yes. Of just, like, children holding handguns. Too much. Um, and so around the time that he uh, starts to, like, be friends with these uh, other boys uh, in the gang, the FBI is, like, trailing him. And they mm-hmm. want to use him as a mole, basically, uh, to get yeah. information and find out more about uh, the gang. And he's very, And like, they know... Yeah. What? No, no, no. He's just um, very casual. <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 He's just go, very go. casual about it. Like, he doesn't yes. seem to have any kind of, like, moral conflict or, like, anything. He's mm-hmm. just really chilling. Yeah. Um, the reason he comes into contact with them is because they already are questioning his dad trying to get him to snitch on people he sells to so naturally that leads them to his son and uh white boy rick richard worshi jr Mm -hmm. is the youngest fbi informant ever Mm -hmm. at the age of 14 he began he became an fbi informant and they had him doing controlled buys which is uh they give him money to buy drugs he reports back on where they're being sold so they can get a warrant to arrest people dealing. And you have to remember this is at the height of the war against drugs. So maximum sentences for everybody. No leniency. People are not thinking about rehabilitation. They are thinking about cleaning up the streets. Right. There's like this whole... Um, I feel like there's like this phrase that you hear a couple times throughout the whole movie where it's like... It was better. It would be better off if you'd killed somebody mm-hmm. instead of selling the drugs, because you'd get a like a lesser sentence, mm-hmm. which is just like absolutely fucking insane. Insane. 
Ricky, I don't know who plays him. I actually didn't look up the actor who I'm plays him. Sure Do you know who it is? He like hasn't been in other things. Like I'm pretty sure this is like one of his first stuff. I don't know his name. Um, he mumbles worse than Heath Ledger and Brokeback Mountain Man. He do be mumbling. He really. I had to have my subtitles, had subtitles on, the, on whole too, time. the whole time. I think the opening sequence. I was like, I don't. No clue what anybody's saying. Also, their accents are kind of weird. Yeah, I always found Michigan to Michigan and Maine are very odd accents oh, to me. Maine? Uh, be- have you ever heard a Mainer speak? No. You'd think they were from like Oklahoma or something. It sounds like Boston, Oklahoma. It's super weird. Huh. Um, Michigan, not as intense, but also has a, a kind of strange accent. And because Rick has no like diction he just mumbles all his words i don't think that's the actor's fault i think he was probably either trying to imitate what the guy himself sounded like or trying to sound like a kid who was trying to sound tough yeah uh honestly i was forgetting this movie as i was watching it yeah it wasn't very memorable um and even things that should have been memorable like they just nothing it didn't like leave enough like the amount of an impact that it should have had yes like, i it, agree it was really supposed to be like i i feel like they totally like skimmed over a lot of like the police were really corrupt and like they were like the police gave him drugs to sell as a 15 year old the police were like corrupt and terrible and like they should be like you know reprimanded for that and they have too much power um and I feel like they didn't talk about that directly until, like, the end where we're, we're like, watching a newscast. And you're like, oh, right, mm-hmm. I guess I should have been paying attention to that throughout the movie. But they didn't direct But it's to. the filmmaker's job to yeah. direct your attention to that. Honestly, I, I think you're, I totally agree with you. I think White Boy Rick commits one of the worst sins that a movie can, which is that it's unmemorable. I mean, let me tell you what. I'm not gonna ever forget Click, <laughs> but uh, I was literally forgetting White Boy Rick as I was watching it. It doesn't help that it's two hours long and it doesn't need to be that long, but I think that is the worst thing a movie can be. At least be memorably bad or weird or try something new, but this movie aesthetically, in an acting level, sure. on an editing level, thematically, it's fine. Yeah. I it's like not colors, terrible. Very eighties, fun lighting. Sure, it's fine. It's not. No, nothing stands out in any way, and that I find I have less and less patience for mediocre movies. Mm. I want something to either be really good, to make me think, or like Click to be unhinged in an amusing way, and that was not what right, White Boy Rick was. And like, I get that it yeah. was based off of true events, but. Mm-hmm then just show me a documentary like there's no point in like <laughs> yeah. in in i think a documentary would have been better it. i would have been more engaged with that that's what i'm saying like there's no point in dramatizing it unless you're gonna make it dramatic unless like you're gonna make a certain yes. point with the way that you interpret this story and you didn't interpret exactly. it in any way really you yeah. just like followed just this boy around it. it's totally entrapment for them to give him crack to sell right i mean like the the definition of entrapment is the police law enforcement suggesting you commit a crime you otherwise would not have committed yeah and them saying hey you should sell this crack i'm gonna hand you is like literally when he was not selling anything is literally like the definition of that so 
his whole thing is he becomes an informant, he gets shot, he puts away his former crew, uh, finds a new crew, and he starts selling drugs for real without the oversight of the FBI. They drop him as an informant. His story ends with him getting busted, and Michigan state law is, was at the time, I'm not sure what it is now, uh, 650 life. They had the 650 lifer law, which is 650 grams gives mm-hmm. you life in prison, and he was caught with eight kilos. 8, 000, yeah. So despite the fact that he was, I think he was 16 or 17 when he was sentenced, yep. he was sentenced to life in prison. He was found guilty. And uh, he is in prison right now, and his projected release date is next month, Damn. July 20th, 2020. Other than that, I don't have much to say. Actually, I do have two things to say. <laughs> Rick has a girlfriend on and off, I guess. Um, but he accidentally gets her pregnant. And <laughs> the best actor in the movie, the yes. most memorable performance. Yep. Her was, uh, <laughs> yes, the little kid who goes up to Rick's door to tell him he got his sister pregnant and she had the baby. It was a, I loved that kid. I want him to come up to my doorstep and make belligerent announcements to me. (laughs) He was the best. Well, the second notable thing, I guess, in a movie that isn't notable is uh, the one scene I really liked was when Rick and Richard, his dad, go to bring home Dawn, their drug addict sister slash daughter. It's just shot really... um, I guess I can't come up with a word right now. It's like soft, softly. It's vague, kind of. You know, it, everything's in silhouette. You can't tell really who's in front of the camera. Everything's kind of orange and yellow in in half light as they're uh, picking her up and carrying her back to uh, their house to get her clean. I really liked the way it was shot, and I wish they took more aesthetic risks like that um and they don't for the most part i mean conversations shot reverse shot tracking shots for when people are moving i mean it's just like standard stuff like yes it communicates what you're trying to say but doesn't really do anything interesting right um and i also just just speaking of dawn i just liked her and rick's like relationship i thought it was kind of Mm -hmm. sweet and there's this one line that i just liked where she had just gotten clean and they were kind of like celebrating uh, yeah when they like opened their store or whatever and she goes i know i'm a loser uh and he goes nah you were just lost for a little bit that's not the same thing at all and that Mm -hmm. was just so nice and rick is currently the longest serving nonviolent offender in michigan history and uh, I wish I wish it was a documentary because then I feel like we would have really gotten the full picture of how fucked up it was that right. first of all the FBI was using a fifteen year a fourteen year old CI and that they contributed to the fact in no small part that he got life in prison. I mean he won't be in there hopefully for the rest of his life, but I think thirty something years. Yeah, it, I that's. Yeah, it's just... A dis- like, that is a, a stunning and horrifying thing that they really didn't touch on at all. Which is so disappointing. Like, so disappointing. Yeah. I think... Uh, it, they really left it all for the end, and I... 
and mm-hmm. it, and it wasn't even like they showed it to us or like they it's not like they like you like interestingly like told the story of like why that's so impactful it was just black screens at the end with text black screens at the yes. end with text just telling us objectively what happened was the most like impactful thing of that whole movie because <laughs> i was like wow that's yeah. like a really upsetting statistic what the I wish I had read an article about it instead. (laughs) What? Which is the worst thing you can say about a movie is like, wow, I wish this wasn't a medium that wasn't visual. (laughs) Because it just doesn't make good use of that medium. Honestly, if you want to know my true unabashed thoughts about this double feature, truly, from my soul, I gave White Boy Rick two stars on Letterboxd. I gave Click three. (laughs) And I stand behind that. I stand behind that. That is what I feel in my soul and in my heart. That is who I am and that is what I am. And that is legal for me to do in the state of New Jersey. (laughs) I I feel like I would give Click one and a half stars. So you're a normal person with a functioning brain. But I wouldn't even rate white boy rick because it is so insignificant to me (laughs) i wouldn't even be like yeah i let me think about how i feel about this and like maybe write a review or like rate it so i when when i look back in the future i won't look back at this movie (laughs) (laughs) just talking about it now i feel like as i was watching it I, i didn't feel like this much about it but like now that i'm talking it out yeah it was just very insignificant and I wish it could have been more Mm -hmm. that's all from us today (laughs) thank you for tuning in to this week's double feature and we'll see you next time bye